We had permission to change our name to Connect Community Church from the national leadership team of Elim. Doesn't mean we haven't left Elim. We're still an Elim Pentecostal church. We still come under um, their authority, um, exercised through the national leadership team and through the regional superintendent, etc. Um, but we've changed our name to Connect Community Church. And when I came here for interview, one of the things that uh, the guys said to me was that um, there was no uh, official leadership, uh, no, no official, not leadership, no official membership in the church. And so uh, one of the goals that I had was before the end of this year was to give people the opportunity to come into partnership in the church. I've chosen the name partnership for a purpose. Membership's too clubby for me. It is the word that is used in the Elam Constitution, but membership is too clubby for me. It gives you an option if you're a member, like when I joined the gym. I've joined the gym on numerous occasions, and only when I've had a gym buddy have I managed to go regularly. Uh, so now I'm putting a gym in my own garage, so only I'll know whether I'm going or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, my wife will. Anyway, um, membership, you know, is one of those things that you sign up to and then you choose to use it or you don't. I really like the phrase covenant community or a community covenant, but people get really twitchy when you talk about covenant. It has, it's, it has a really powerful connotation, covenant and uh, is, for want of a better phrase, is laced with responsibility. Um, it's just totally peppered with responsibilities. And so, because I don't want to frighten people off, I chose the name partnership because it, it's somewhere in between the two. But I will declare my favour is for community co co covenant, really. But partnership expresses something to me which is more than just being a member and you turn up and you participate and you support if you feel like it, providing that it's not raining outside or it's too cold or the snow's fallen on the road, whatever it happens to be, or whether you just woke up one morning and thought, you know what, I just want to go to the local cafe for a coffee. I appreciate we all have times where we might feel like that. Even pastors have times where they feel like that. But partnership does imply connection one to the other. If I'm in partnership with somebody in business, it doesn't just rely on me, a single partner. It relies on us together or those who are in the partnership to make things work. And so for me, I, I, I'm... Wanting to see a partnership, you know, come together. And a few weeks ago, I gave out a document called Principles of Partnership to those who wanted to take them. I never forced them on anybody. I won't force them on anybody this morning. Um, but I really do want you to consider what I say today, all right? Because I think there is something powerful about partnership. When I was 18, I joined Gloucestershire Fire Service. 
and I went and trained for 12 weeks in Plymouth and then was stationed back in my uh, hometown of Cheltenham and uh, I joined what was called Green Watch really but um, they liked the term Black Watch instead so we called ourselves Black Watch rather than Green Watch don't know why but I joined this group of 14 other guys and together we lived together really 48 hours every four days and then we had four days off and then we did another 48 hours together and then in between times I had a second job uh, in those days I was a lot younger and fitter and so we we had a guy who was a builder and someone else who was a decorator so there was this little firm together that we used to go out and do building and decorating together in the four days in between but I learned something very powerful in that moment of being together with those guys and that is this it was a real life lesson and it's one that as Christians we need to embrace and learn. I learned how important real relationships are between people. I came into a group of guys who embraced me. Yeah, that I was the sprog in the watch and I got a lot of those things, you know, that young uh, apprentices get asked to go and get long weights and all the rest of it and those sorts of things out of the fire engine and you couldn't find them and all that sort of thing. You, you get all that. But I got to tell you, I, 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 I connected in heart with a group of guys who, if I needed help, if I was in trouble, I could depend on 100%. On one occasion, Liz will remember, we just married, we needed someone to come, we were in a two-bedroomed house, but we needed somebody to come and live in for the rent to make things work, and we decided that we were going to decorate the room just prior to this lady coming and starting with us on the Monday and I went in and I began to strip the wallpaper, but it was an old lath and plaster wall. And as I pulled off the wallpaper, so came the uh, rest of it and just left lath with no plaster. I made a phone call. And you know, the guys on my watch, they dropped what they were doing. They weren't at work, they were off. But they dropped what they were doing. They were with us within 30, 45 minutes. And over the next uh, 48 hours, what they did was they came, they put new screed on the wall, they put fine, finished plaster on the wall, and then they helped us even hang the wallpaper so that on the Monday, we had a place for this lady to come and live. I learned something. Being honest with you, I saw that when I got called to the ministry when I went and started being in partnership with people in churches I looked for that I looked for that whether you want to call it camaraderie that connection whatever it happens to be and I have to say in church so often I find it so sadly lacking I find it lacking between ministers believe it or not and yet I believe as I read scripture that is how we should be we are not dependent on one another, but we are inter 
dependent on one another. We're not creating dependency in each other, but we are creating interdependence. We should be able to rely on each other. Your yes should be yes and your no, no. It's not about sometimes saying that you can't do something, but it's awful when someone says they will do something and they don't. I'm going to read to you from Romans 12. I might not get through all this. I might only read actually the first eight verses, but I might refer through to the end of the chapter. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than he or she ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though... So we, though... Excuse me. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The rest of the chapter goes on, and it's entitled in my ESV, Marks of the True Christian. And so it goes on about let love be genuine, etc. And for me, I want to use this passage this morning to talk about partnership. So I learned, first and foremost from a fire brigade encounter, not a church, not a Christian encounter, but a non-Christian environment, I learnt that my relationships are important. And secondly, I learnt the importance that the relationships we share with one another has a crucial bearing on our lives. It has a crucial bearing on our lives. There is a scripture that says something like this, Um, This is the Dave Smith translation, because I can't remember it off the top of my head. I had it this morning in my head, but it's gone. It says something like this, be careful who you hang out with, because bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. You see, who we hang out with shapes our lives. Most of us will understand that from growing up. The people we hung out with, when I was at school, I did not hang out with the studious guys, the ones who were good at doing their homework, absolutely always in on time. I hung out with the ones who would skive, who would jump school, and that's what the way I lived. 
That's what I did. I was caught up in a set of relationships where to be different was too challenging for me at the time and it shaped my life. When I was in the fire brigade, it shaped my life. Things shape our lives. And we're all, when we come to Christ, we, I don't want to label us the babies in the room. I don't want to label us the mature in the room. The reality is this. We are all maturing. Wherever we start, we are all maturing and we continue to mature. And the way in which we mature is through one another. It's when we are together, when we challenge each other about things in our lives where we're open to that, where we're open to the correction of the Word of God, where we're open to correction from one another because we do things. Pam actually demonstrated that this morning. Just a simple thing. I'm sure nobody was offended by her saying, all hell broke loose. But Joe then reminds her that actually all heaven let loose. And so Pam stands and says, I said this, but really it's this. She heard somebody say to her, really, Pam, it was heaven, and she wasn't offended by that. And so we shape and fashion each other. The word of God is fit for rebuke, for encouragement, building up. It is there for us. And so our relationships are extremely important. And you would think because of that, we would have this inbuilt, deep desire to gather together. And yet we all know that during the pandemic, we were forced to be apart. We were forced to be apart. We were told you could not go and meet with other people. The best churches could do was go online or on Zoom, all of them with their own challenges, and I'm not minimizing those things, because if that's all we had, that's all we had. But it is interesting to me that most churches are reporting between a 25 and 55% decrease in the number of people who are coming back and gathering again, which is a staggering number. And I can spiritualize it and say, oh, it's God shaking the church and the, the rotten fruit is falling off. I, I'm not even, I, that, I think we shouldn't qualify things like that. The reality is, do we value each other? Do we love one another. John 13, Jesus speaking, this is how all men and women will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. Love cannot be exercised at arm's length. Not really. With your family, like we got two boys a daughter, a son-in-law, grandchildren. We live a, in a, a big distance, all right, between us. Well, I say big, it's 100 miles. It ain't that big, is it? Um, because we're blood, if you want a better phrase, 
When we meet with them, it's like we've never been apart from them. But the truth is, if we were separated for a length of time, and some of you must have experienced this, when you first come back together, whilst there's the positive side, there's also, ooh, it feels strange. But if we're going to be the community of the king that God wants us to be, if we're going to be uh, a force in this world in which we live, within our town or city, within our street, within our wider family, then it is going to be the love which is expressed between us, which has got to be tangible, not words. Tangible. It's got to be tangible. It's going to be the way people change. The word connect is a great name for a church. Fantastic name. Was here before me. Connect. I love it. Connect with God. Connect with others. Connect with purpose. I love it. I just love it. It encapsulates something for me. That is what we should be about. Connection. First and foremost with God. You see... A lot of people think that you can do church in a cafe, and I'm not saying you couldn't. A lot of people say that as long as I'm just meeting with the odd one or two, then that's church. But that is not the picture that I get in Scripture. I know it says where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst. But there seemed to be this desire, especially as we looked at the Acts of the Apostles, that they went to the place of prayer. They went to the temple and gathered together as the body of Christ. You remember Jesus, it was said of him, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. His custom. He did that weekly. And yet he was bringing something revolutionary. He did it weekly. For me, connect carries a core value of the Christian faith. And as we've looked at the Acts, we've seen it again and again. They were together in one place. And they were told and they prayed together. Then there was the outpouring of the Spirit. They were together when it was outpoured. Then they were together in a prayer meeting again and the place in which they were was shaken. They were together. Wherever they went, they sought out the place where people would gather as the body of Christ. Even Paul and Peter did it when we read about their missionary travels. They always went to the place where the people would gather and not just to share the gospel, but they went to meet with the people who knew Jesus because they gathered together. And we should, like it says in Hebrews, forsake not the gathering of ourselves together. And so for me, if I want to be in partnership If I want to be in relationship with a body, a church, a group of people, in fulfilling the purposes of God, then I should 
Number one, for me, forsake not the gathering of ourselves together. Now I understand people get sick. I understand people work. I understand those things. But for me, to be in partnership means that you will be regular and faithful. Before that comes this, though. You have to be born again. There is this idea that everybody is part of the church. Everybody is part of the church. It doesn't matter whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus. You belong before you believe. I understand the sentiments of that, but the truth is you cannot be knit together in the body as is the description from Paul and Peter's description of the building, stones being fitted together. You can't be like that and belong unless you already believe. You have to have come to God through faith in Jesus Christ You have to have turned, repented from going your own way and submitted your life to following Jesus and being willing to put his, I don't want rules and regulations, but his life, his teaching first and foremost in our lives. Now, it doesn't mean that we won't be inclusive. In terms of God wants all people to be saved. And therefore it is quite okay. People can attend, that's all right. But to be a partner, to be part of the body, to be connected, to have the um, oversight and authority for you to act and know that you are safe to minister, you need to be born again. You need God's spirit living within you. I've been to too many things where anybody can get up and pray for anybody. And whilst people at times have said, oh, that's controlling if you want to put brakes on that, the truth is it's not about control. It's not about that horrible word that everybody wants to use it like. It's about exercising wisdom and authority correctly. And so you've got to be born again. You've got to be willing to submit to the local church leadership. God's word, again, in Hebrews, it says about make your leader's job a joy, not it to be a pain. That's, again, the Smith translation of that verse. (laughs) I think it's Hebrews 13, 17, or somewhere around there. It's in Hebrews, but again... Make your leader's job a joy. This is not a place of single leader. This is a place of multiple leadership. There are leaders in the body. Martin, Tony, James. There's Jason, there's myself. There are others of you who exercise leadership because you run a small group. You're exercising a level of leadership. The local leadership has the responsibility for overseeing things and making things that sure that all things are done decently in order, not just in on a Sunday, 
but throughout the week. Anything which is done in the name of this church has to have approval. Again, not because we want to stifle, but because we have a responsibility before God. And we are held accountable for the way in which we exercise that responsibility. And so, I just would say to you, you know, a church is about a group of people. Where there is no relationship, there is no church. You can believe the same as me. You can attend the same place as me. But if there's no relationship, then I am only an attender. There is no church. You see, church is about relationship. Relationship with God, first and foremost. And as we get closer to God in the triangle, we get closer to one another. Relationship with each other. And we have a responsibility and purpose for the world around us. And therefore, for me, we, we really need to understand that first we must be regenerated You see that in Acts 2, 38 to 41. We need to be led by biblical leadership. Acts 2, 42, 4, 35 to 5, 2. Acts 6, 1 to 6. Hebrews 13, 17. They all talk about leadership in the church. You go to Timothy and Titus and you see the list of um, character traits that leaders should exemplify. And I would encourage you because... In January, we're having our first annual general meeting. Those of you who join with us in partnership will get an opportunity to ratify the current leadership of the church, which is, they they were here, they invited me here, and so we are putting their three names at least forward to you as a body to ratify them in leadership. So they've got the support and the prayers and the love of the body behind them in which to operate. And so what, that is what we will be doing. And so you need to appraise yourself of what it says in Timothy and Titus as to the qualifications for leadership. Because if you're going to exercise responsible voting, then you need to know what you're voting for. And you need to hold that up against those men's lives and ask the question, do they fulfill these things? as I hope they held those things up against my life and in our conversation and decided that I met those things or I was submissive to those things and I was journeying towards perfection in those things because none of us are perfect, all right? I would hope they would have done the same. And so you need to appraise yourself of those things. Thirdly, the church is involved in the commission of God, not... Do you know, it's great to have a local church vision. I know it's the trendy thing churches have gone through. Vision statements, mission statements. uh, And they're great ideas. They're great rallying calls and all the rest of it. But do you know what? Why try and improve on the master's, you know, mission statement? Why is it we want to improve on it? Go into all the world and make disciples. Why do we want to improve on it? Jesus has given us the purpose. 
Therefore, let's exercise the purpose that we've been given. Now, when you hear that, go into all the world and preach the gospel, I mean, that can be an overwhelming thing. But I want to tell you, I recently read uh, an article by a guy who went to a church of 125. Now it's 11,000. And he views that there's just another 139,000 people in his area to reach for Jesus, right? But he said, and he made this comment, I thought it was so true. He said that when you look at the commission, the commission, he said it can be overwhelming. But the truth is, he talked about something called oikos, household. And most of us have a connection with 8 to 15 people regularly. Some of who will not know Jesus. We don't need to look at trying to save the world. We just need to look at being Jesus to those 8 or 15 in front of us. And so, we need to be about the Great Commission. So a church is made up of regenerated believers... It's made up of a church which is led by biblical leadership and a church that is involved in the Great Commission. And then there are characteristics that we should want to see. I've mentioned inclusivity. Inclusivity doesn't mean that sin doesn't matter. What it means is we, we will love people as Christ loves them in order to share Jesus with them. My dad once said this to me. He said, son, it's all right having something to say, but you've got to have people to say it to. That doesn't mean we compromise truth. But what it means is we speak truth in love. Diversity. It's not just men who God wants saved. It's Women, children. We want there to be authenticity. We want mutuality. The authenticity, we want to speak the truth to one another in love. We don't want to lie to one another. Mutuality, we need to be devoted to one another. Romans 12.10. Have equal concern for one another. 1 Corinthians 12.25. Serve one another, Galatians 5.13. Encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 4.18 and 5.11. Agree with one another. Agree. Do you know, why is it so hard to agree? Most of the time we disagree on the superfluous whilst we agree on the core. We fall out about the secondary issues, not the primary ones. Be together in unity. Agree. Philippians 4.2. Build each other up in the faith. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. We need to have sympathy and empathy for one another. Carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2. Support the weak. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Be compassionate with one another. Ephesians 4.32. Have mercy on one another forgive one another do you know the number of times churches become places of destruction is through unforgiveness and if we're going to walk together as family we will all know that our families are not perfect they do things wrong but I would almost guarantee you unless you're hard hearted 
Most of us forgive our family for the things they do wrong. And we still love them regardless. And that's what we should be with one another. We should accept one another. Romans 15, 7. Here's some more difficult ideas. Humility. Confess your sins one to another. We've been so anti-confessional. And that priest thing about going to the confessional and confessing. We say, oh, I only have to confess to God. But James tells us, confess your sins one to another. 5.16 in James. Pray for each other. James 5.16. Submit to one another. Ephesians 5.21. We should be courteous, be kind. Bear with one each other. Colossians 3.13. We should be confidential. When someone shares a bit of their story with you, it's their story, not yours, to go round sharing. It's your story. It's their story. It's up to them who they share it with. When someone shares something with you, especially if it's confessing sin, you should be blessed. I'll tell you why. Because they've chosen you to do it. That is a privilege. It's not for you to hide it, but it is for you to speak the word of God, pray for them, direct them to Jesus, direct them to the truth, and not be soft necessarily on sin. But not to be that, ooh. Right? But you want to see them walk clean before God. Don't grumble against that. I tell you, I struggle with this. Oh, I struggle with this. This is a struggle for me. I'm fine when it's going fine, but I tell you, I could easily go down the rabbit hole of grumbling when it ain't going my way. But we shouldn't grumble against one another. If I've got an issue with someone, I should go to them. And address it with them. And then if I can't get anywhere and it's a real issue, I should take a brother or sister with me and address it again. And if I can't get anywhere then, maybe we have to get the church together and have a chat about it. Now that sounds, oh, hold on, Dave, that's a bit heavy. It very rarely, in fact, I've never seen it go all that way. Because by the time you get to number two, people are only too willing to be reconciled usually. And we mustn't give up meeting together. We are members of one another. When I was a kid, I had my appendix taken out. They told me, well, it doesn't matter. It's a useless piece of the body. So why was it there in the first place? (laughs) I don't understand that. I know I can live without it, but you can't say that there's a bit of your body which is just superfluous and useless, you know? Can you? You just can't do that. You know, I can't say to my heart, I'll sling your up this week. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Or my stomach or my my blood. Oh, you can have a a week off. I'd look rather pale. You know, in fact, I'd look rather still. (laughs) The reality is, every part of my body has a function and it is important. And so it is with us. And that's why Paul, when he describes the body, I can't say, I have no need of you. I have no need of you, and you don't have any need of me. Well, that's fine. You clear off and do your own thing then. 
don't matter. Don't matter whether we don't bother with each other. It does. It does. I believe that scripture shows very clearly there is something important about belonging to one another, being members of one another, the body analogy, Peter's temple analogy. In fact, I think it's in Acts 9.26. I think it's Paul. He goes, and I, I used it in, the, in this principles of partnership that I've got here. And it has the idea with it. It says, when Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. And that word has the idea of being glued or cemented together. That's a strong thing, isn't it? You've seen those adverts where they use wallpaper paste and stuff like that and put a man on a board and then hold him over a shark pit, you know? Well, I've got to tell you, that's a strong bond, right? Unibond. And I want to say to you, we should be cemented together. So when we disagree, instead of running off or leaving because something's said that we don't like there are real right reasons for leaving churches I'm not saying that but we so often leave on a whim because something has upset us we don't believe what that guy just said well come and talk to me about it all right I'm more than happy to have a chat with you all right and gotta be honest I'm even happy to be put right when I'm wrong I'm happy for that and I will be the first person if you come to me and you say do you know what Dave you said something this morning and, it, and I don't believe it's true and I look at it and I say do you know what I think you're right I'll be the first person to come here the following Sunday and stand up and say guys I said this last week it was wrong I'm really sorry I made a mistake Somebody pointed out this to me and I hadn't considered that and therefore I need to make, a, I need to make an adjustment. Now that might frighten the life out of you because you might be going, how can we trust anything he ever says? Well, you should be checking me out anyway. You should be checking me out every Sunday I speak and anybody else here who speaks. Whether they're a visiting speaker, whether they're the greatest name in the world, you should be checking them out. Because we only do the best we can. We are not perfect. So I want to invite you to be a partner. I do. There are some of you who joined many years ago, became a member of the church, and I'm going to honour those memberships, but you have to let me know. I've only had one person who has actually let me know that they... In, uh, previously were a member and I'm happy to let that stand alright okay but truthfully I would love you to consider and pray into becoming a member of this church the principles of partnership are just it's just a simple thing that you can read and then in addition to that what I've done is this little sheet here so you need to take both of them with you today it's called application for partnership at Connect Community Church it actually says becoming a church partner number one read through the principles of partnership document two let us know if you are interested 
And then it says, fill in the application form at the bottom of this page. Well, it's on the other bit, all right? Return. Oh, that's good, Dave. You're a real twit. You've got two number twos. Number two, second number two should be number three. And number three should be number four. All right? And number four should be number five. I'm saying that before someone else decides to point it out to me. So, let us know if you're interested, fill it out. Return the completed application form to me. All right? The application will be considered then by the leadership, all right? A lead pastor, me, or one of the leadership team will arrange to speak to you, either by phone or by visit, uh, and you will have the opportunity to clarify anything that you want to, and then the leadership can do the same. And if you're wanting to transfer your membership because you were at another Elam church, because that is allowable within um, Elam, all right, then... You still need to complete the form, but we will just transfer your membership. We will contact your previous minister um, or church leadership, and we will talk with them. And then finally, if you decide to do that and everything is okay and hunky-dory for you and for the leadership of the church, then what will happen is at communion one Sunday, we will gather with you and we will pray with you. And we will give you, as they call it, the right hand of fellowship and shake your hand. In fact, I hope it's better than that. I hope we might get a hug, you know, but I'll definitely at least shake your hand, all right? And we're going to pray God's blessing over you and that God richly blesses you. I'm not going to force anybody to become a partner. I'm not, because it's something you need to do willingly. And so... Please take these. I put some out last week, but there were very few taken, believe it or not. Now, that either tells me one or two things, that there's no interest already, or you do what so often we do in church. Somebody directs you, and then what happens is we forget. All right. So they will be at the back, on the side, in two piles, on the left-hand side of the door, The offering basket is on the right, okay? Go there first, and then (laughs) go to the left-hand side and pick up one of each document. You, You cannot apply husband and wife on the same sheet. You cannot. I want individual applications, all right? So they will be there. It's up to you entirely if you pick them up, all right? We want to... Welcome people into membership through into January because we're going to have our first AGM, at least since I've been here. They may have had some many years ago, but my understanding is there hasn't been an AGM for quite some time. You will get a report of the church and what has happened. At least you'll get it from the 1st of May through to the the end of the financial year, which we're through now. for um, Elim, but the reality is you will get a set of accounts, you'll see exactly where the money is spent, how it is spent, you will have all those things in your hand, all right? You will have all those things in your hands. Um, And so in January we'll have our AGM, you'll get the opportunity to ask questions, I will tell you now, 
I've been to many church AGMs and I've adopted a way of doing them which is different. I do what they do at conference. I ask basically for questions to be submitted in writing and signed. We deal with nothing that doesn't have a signature on it. So if you ask questions or you make comments to have a go and you don't sign it, they won't be answered. They'll just go in the shredder. All right? But just being up front with you, if if you're prepared to sign it, we will respond to each person individually in writing. And then on the night of the AGM or the day of the AGM, everybody will see every question that has been asked. They will not see the name of the person who asked it because you will have had your individual reply, but they will see every question that has been asked and every written reply that we have given. All right? You will see it all because I do believe in transparency. I do believe in transparency. So I do hope that those of you who have started coming to us, those of you who have been coming a while and maybe never been a member, that you will consider this your spiritual home, that you will be willing to come and become part and and join in, as I put in the principles of partnership, join in the adventure that God wants to take us on as a body of people together.